Hi, Rebels. This Financial Literacy Month, Rebel Girls teamed up with Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families, to bring you everything you need to be smart with your money and to build healthy habits that last a lifetime. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to make smart choices with every penny, whether you're saving for something special or learning to invest. Greenlight gives kids the power to be independent and grown-ups can trust that their kids have money wherever they are. Sign up at greenlight.com slash rebelgirls to get your first month at no cost and start building money confidence for life. Esme Wei-Jun Wang had always found the Yale University campus beautiful. As her vintage heels clicked down paths past grand, sun-dappled brick buildings, she remembered what it was like to be a college student here. She used to marvel at the intricate stained glass in her lecture halls and fall in love with all the books. Today, 18 years after she was supposed to graduate, Esme felt proud and excited to be back at Yale to speak publicly. She strode into the auditorium, gazed out at the crowd, and spoke from her heart. I believe in eliminating the stigma around mental health so that we can create better policies and be kinder to others and ourselves, she said. Esme was pleased by all the warm faces and applause. After all, Yale was the university that had kicked her out, essentially, for having a mental health crisis. And now, it was time for her to share her story, to create a new narrative. I'm Charlene Hong-White, and this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls a fairy tale podcast about the real-life rebel women who inspire us. On this episode, Esme Wei-Jun Wong, a writer and speaker who advocates for herself and others living with chronic and mental illness. Eight-year-old Esme and two friends played under the bright blue California sky. They giggled, skipping from shadow to shadow. Ooh, Esme shouted as Jessica's foot landed on a patch of sun. Now we're zombies. The girls rolled their eyes back and staggered around. Then Katie got scared. We're just playing, right? She asked. Ooh, said Esme. Said Jessica. Katie started to cry. Later, Jessica asked Esme, Wait, we are just playing, right? Esme didn't know what to say. To her, they weren't playing. When she was in a game, she was in it. It was as real to her as anything. Why didn't her friends see it that way? That's how she felt about the stories she wrote, too, as if she could tip forward and tumble into the action. Take, for example, the 200-page book she wrote at age 10, 
where the main character magically became a cat. It was epic. Esme could feel the pop of whiskers bursting from her cheeks, the softness of fur behind her ears, and the itchy desire to scamper after a ball of yarn. She was such a talented writer that one of her teachers taught a story she wrote for years after she graduated. But Esme could get stuck in her imagination, like she was in a loop, unable to return to her other life, the one with her parents, little brother, and friends. She felt like she had a different kind of skin than the rest of her family, pricklier, with her emotions closer to the surface, Her family didn't always understand when Esme wrestled with big, scary, or sad feelings. They wanted to help, but they felt like they were on the outside, looking into her mind with wonder. As a teenager, Esme saw a psychiatrist. First, she was told she had depression. Then, a doctor thought she had bipolar disorder, which can mean big shifts in a person's mood, energy, and actions. Neither of these diagnoses seemed to fit what was going on totally, but doctors taking Esme's mental health struggles seriously meant that Esme's family started to as well. They realized she wasn't being difficult or acting out on purpose. There were reasons beyond her control for her big feelings, her sleeplessness, and her sometimes confusing behavior. And at the same time, she was excelling in school. She even got into Yale, a very selective university. One day at Yale, while Esme was showering in her dorm, she heard a voice say, I hate you. She wiped the shampoo from her eyes and peered around the shower curtain into the empty bathroom. She crouched, the warm water beating down on her, and listened at the drain. Could it have come from the pipes? No, she thought. Someone said, I hate you, right into my ear. It was a hallucination, very real to Esme, but the voice came from her own brain. Later, she also began to see things that weren't there. She'd be walking through campus and have to dodge a bat she thought was overhead. Sometimes, she'd have to jump to avoid a cavernous hole in front of her that nobody else saw. It was terrifying and made Esme feel very lonely. When Esme had gotten into Yale, she had felt validated. Like, even though she struggled with her mental health, she had worth. It was extra devastating then, when Yale decided that she was too sick to stay. Esme took a leave of absence from school and moved off campus. Her mom came to help, cooking Esme her favorite Taiwanese noodle dishes, making medication charts, and calling her psychiatrist to get help. After Esme took some time to nurture herself and refocus, she asked Yale if she could come back and take classes again, but the university said no. Esme felt crushed. The school she'd worked so hard to attend kicked her out for something that felt overwhelming and inexplicable. 
I have to tell you about my friend Penelope. She is hilarious. She only eats cheese doodles and canned beans, and she loves to sing and fly through walls. Wait, did I tell you that Penelope is my imaginary friend? Well, she is, but she's totally real to me. Anywho, Penelope and I are very excited because there's a new movie coming out on May 17 all about imaginary friends. It's called IF, which stands for Imaginary Friends. Pretty cool, am I right? IF is so much fun with lovable fuzzy giants and bright new galaxies. It stars Kaylee Fleming as B, a girl who discovers that she can see everyone else's ifs. Meanwhile, Cal, played by Ryan Reynolds, can also see ifs. Together, they team up and go on a magical adventure to reconnect forgotten ifs with their kids. If is from the brilliant mind of writer-director John Krasinski. It also stars John Krasinski, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Maya Rudolph, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt, Aquafina, and Steve Carell, just to name a few. It celebrates the incredible power of curiosity and creativity, and it's definitely a laugh-out-loud adventure for the whole family. If comes out in theaters starting May 17th and is guaranteed to knock your socks off. What? Oh, Penelope says she wears two pairs of socks at all times. Also, that imaginary friends get limitless refills on popcorn. So join us in the theater on May 17. Bring your imaginary friends too. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right. You can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. So Esme and her doctors started doing tests and brain scans, searching for explanations. Esme transferred to Stanford and studied psychology. She also got a master's degree in fiction writing and got married to a man she adored. Her life felt full and even creative. Still, she was living with so many unknowns about what was going on in her brain. One diagnosis that came up a lot was schizophrenia, or schizoaffective disorder. This is a mental health condition that can cause people to hear, see, or believe things that no one else experiences. Esme's doctors resisted giving her this diagnosis because they didn't want people to treat her differently, or for her to think of herself differently. Some people misunderstand schizophrenia or find it scary, But for Esme, finally hearing these words helped her feel less alone. What she was going through had a name, and others had been through it too. There were medications and therapies that could help her process her thoughts and manage the hallucinations. At long last, Esme felt herself gaining control.
still, she was afraid to reveal too much in certain places, like at work. What would her coworkers think? So she went home and wrote about her experiences. She published a piece called Yale Will Not Save You, about being treated like she did something wrong, rather than being offered help so she could stay in school. After it came out, Esme's inbox flooded with emails from others saying she was telling their story too. She also published a beautiful novel, The Border of Paradise, that explored different facets of mental illness. Connecting with people and understanding her unique brain helped Esme learn how to cope. It gave her hope and energy too, so she could do the things she wanted to do, like sing karaoke with friends, write books, and advocate for others living with chronic and mental illness. Today, determined, imaginative Esme is an acclaimed writer. As she says, so much of writing for me is turning these things that are really difficult to describe into words. Her writing is hopeful, vulnerable, honest, and heartfelt. In 2019, she published a best-selling essay collection called The Collected Schizophrenias, which has helped thousands of people understand how everyone's brain works differently. And many people cite Esme's writing and advocacy as the reason why Yale finally changed their mental health policies for students. As Esme sees it, every human being experiences life in their own way. And when we take the time to share what's in our heads and connect, then we make a more compassionate world. Esme makes sure to be compassionate with herself on a daily basis, to prioritize being comfortable and inspired. In her home, she has a cozy vintage desk set up for her writing and also for her side gig, drawing pet portraits. Perhaps she is sitting there right now, surrounded by unicorn trinkets, swaying to gentle music playing from her record player. She may be gazing at the jewel-like hummingbirds buzzing at the feeder outside her window, or taking slow, centering breaths. This is her favorite way to dream up new ideas. This is where she finds exciting ways to share all that's in her expansive mind. This podcast is a production of Rebel Girls. It's based on the book series, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. This episode was narrated by me, Charlene Hong White. It was produced and directed by Haley Dapkus with sound design and mixing by Mumble Media. The story was written by Nicole Harutunian and edited by Abby Schur. Fact-checking by Joe Radigan. Our executive producers were Joy Smith and Jess Wolf. Original theme music was composed and performed by Elettra Barjaki. A special thanks to Esme Weijun Wong 
and the whole Rebel Girls team who make this podcast possible. Until next time, stay Rebel! Thanks for listening to this episode, Rebels. Did you know there's a whole world of Rebel Girls to explore? Go to rebelgirls.com slash more to check out our latest books, t-shirts, crafting kits, and, well, more. Visit rebelgirls.com slash more. Until next time, stay Rebel. Have you heard the news? The best podcast for dinosaur fans is out and a roaring good time for all. What happens when a bolt of lightning hits a digger machine on top of a site that's full of dinosaur fossils? Uh, the digger turns into Digger Rex, of course. Join Digger Rex, the half-dinosaur, half-digger, on his adventures by searching for Digger Rex on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.